0: Hey friends, I'm Ashley. Hey you guys. I'm Lainey. And this is Haunted Real Estate. That was way excited. I was going in with like a, hey, Lainey. And you'd like immediately without me saying anything. <laughs> Sorry. Hey there, all you cool cats and kittens. Little Carol Baskin there for you. Little throwback. <laughs> wow. <Meow. laughs> hello so here we are so today's story was a very interesting island that i found that i wanted to research and funnily enough my chiropractor just got back from a trip in the mediterranean and he was telling me about this creepy island and my head was not even like yeah laney and i are going to record that on tuesday but he was telling me about this island they passed by in venice and it was haunted and plague victims were there and all sorts of stuff and i was like oh that sounds interesting i should look into that and then literally that night I go to my calendar to be like okay what's the next one I'm doing so I can start researching and I was like I'm so dumb I'm doing Pavalia Island and that is freaking what shout out Dr. Riley Riley freaking said so just like I felt stupid I could have been way cooler in the know and been like totally recording that next weekend I'll tell you everything about it
1: but I didn't I was like huh, cool well your head may not have been in the know at the time but your back was <laughs> I got adjusted real, real rat mass. Okay, That's good.
0: So let's get into the history that led to why Pavalia Island, which is spelt looking like Pavaglia Island because it has a G in it. And I definitely I hate when there's extra letters. And I'm like, why do you pronounce it like that when there's clearly a G? But Pavelia Island, also known as the Island of Ghosts or the Island of No Return, the Island of the Dead. Ooh. I mean, it's got a ton of different names. How it became possibly one of the most evil places on Earth. So this island saw upwards of 160,000 deaths on its 17 acres of land. That's quite a few deaths. It's quite a few deaths. Kind of seems like a lot for such a tiny space. I mean, that's not a lot of land. Uh, not at all. So whether you believe in ghosts or not, this place has a dork history. Dork. Dorky? Like there's a bunch of nerds that died? No. Dark. Sorry. Dark. <laughs> I was just trying to, you know, I don't know.
1: That's, that's real dork, just man. So dork.
0: <laughs> okay. It's a dark history. Okay. <laughs> real dark. So the island is known for housing plague victims and then later a mental hospital, but of course they called it an insane asylum, so it just has more of that sinister vibe. We're going to the backstory first. So you've probably heard about the bubonic plague or the Black Death or Black Plague. It went under many names, and I've sang the song on at least two episodes, so I will not sing it again, even though now it's more relevant than it was before.
1: I was about to say, or in my head I was saying, please don't sing it, please don't sing it i was singing it to myself the other day (laughs) so f you for that glad i can put that earwig in your ear
0: but i find that song very catchy but that's fine did i sing it at catacombs is that why i sang it one time?
1: Yeah, you sing it there and then, um, now I can't think of the other one, but you started to sing it again and I was like, again? Yeah.
0: Okay, go listen to yourself, okay? This plague is bubonic. So, no one knows exactly how long the plague has been around, but it's estimated maybe even as far back as 3000 BC, so maybe it's 5000 years old. We don't, we don't quite know. We don't really know if that is even the correct age because there wasn't as much trade between countries, travel took a lot longer, And maybe like some diseases, it kind of evolved over time. So who really knows what it really was if it was 5,000 years ago. But the plague as we know it arrived in Europe in 1347 from Asia. So it came in from a port in Sicily. Sicily is an island just south of Italy. And an Italian island, of course, is the subject of today's property. Uh, So 12 ships came to port in what was... um, the most creepy about it is that when people came to the docks to go unload the ships, the sailors on those 12 ships were already dead. So, literally so those- they
1: just arrived in and... People went to greet them and they're all dead? Yeah, probably. It was
0: a pretty quiet ship and they were like, yeah, what's going on here? And I, this is what I'm imagining is just, you know, you take the step down and walk into the ship and then you'd probably see dead or very near death dying sailors. Of course, there's no medical attention when you're on these ships, too. So, like... What are you going to do? You don't have any resources out in the middle of the sea. So not like. And any- what,
1: what year are we talking? I guess you're talking bubonic
0: era. Yeah, 1347 is when the first like Bleh. major plague hit. And this wow. is where. Yeah, okay. so Yeah, you're talking, you know, like people are, have all these different trade routes now. And so trade is a lot more prevalent, which meant this the spreading of diseases were a lot easier when people basically kept them contained in their own countries. So maybe certain countries built up immunity or it was more like that country's problem. Well, now when you're talking trade, you're talking people are spreading it. But not only that, you of course have like rats and stuff aboard ships, which like rats were everywhere, which they kind of still are, but like not in the same way. But um, yeah,
1: I wonder how the rat czar is doing in New York
0: now. I know, right? I was just talking about the rat czar the other day. Like, that was like a, like what, a $200,000 position?
1: Something like that, but I, I wonder what their uh, 30, 60, 90 goals were, you know, have they, have they reached them? So these ships were even dubbed the
0: Death Ships. So even though the ships were ordered out of the harbor, because they were already like, this isn't good, send them out of here, we don't want to deal with whatever's on that ship, right? They knew diseases existed, but the plague already started affecting the population. And then over the next five years from this point, over 20 million people living in Europe would be dead, which... was over a third of the population but in some cities it would take as much as half of the population would die so there wasn't a family that was not affected by this hideous disease so now let's talk about kind of the gross part and what happened to you when you're you were infected because like we got to set the scene here even though like we know a lot about the plague we've got to set the scene so we know why pavalia island became what it did so it was called a bubonic plague because it affected the lymph nodes of the body they would swell and sometimes get pussy or pop Um, the swollen lip nodes are called bubose. that's where we get bubonic from so they would swell from various sizes maybe the size of an egg to the size of an apple so it's pretty nasty and your lymph nodes are on your groin area your thighs your neck and your armpit so like all uncomfortable areas like, you're not closing your arms. Yeah, right imagine having happen. an apple,
1: yeah. like, under your
0: armpit. Oh, yeah. Or, like, an apple size on your groin. Being like, is that a <laughs> bubo or are you just happy
1: to see me? <laughs> i it's so inappropriate. <laughs> but that is what I think.
0: Like, that's got to be horrible.
1: Yeah, especially if people didn't know and they're just like, let's just do it anyways. Wouldn't it, no. like, hurt? Is it sensitive to the touch? or pop
0: (gasps) so yeah they would ooze or they would pus sometimes that wasn't a bad thing sometimes it was okay great now it's like coming out of your body it's not always a good thing Um, but then sometimes they would turn black and so that's where we get black plague or black death from because then your lymph nodes maybe instead of popping those bubos would just go black which is also not a great sign other symptoms included severe aches and pains in the body fever and chills and vomiting and diarrhea and for way too many of course, death would be the end result. And for some people, it took them very quick. I think the expression was you could have breakfast with your family and dinner with your ancestors. Like it could take you very quick, could be a little bit wow. slower. It did take days often for people to get symptoms of it. So you didn't always know when you had it, but you might be carrying it for a little while before your symptoms actually start showing.
1: Oh, that sucks to not know what your expiration is. Well, do any of us know when our expiration is? Well, I mean, at least you're given a range. I don't know. And it, doctors aren't always right, but I feel like I'd want to know if it's hours, or days. Yeah.
0: So it did start with many with flu-like symptoms. Uh, So the bubonic plague does not affect as many people as the flu, though. So they probably weren't saying back then, like, these are flu-like symptoms because the first, like, real-known cases of the flu, like, when the flu was a serious problem, the first recorded is, like, in the 1500s, so it's after the plague. So they aren't like, oh, maybe this is the flu. Like, I mean... They're
1: saying bubonic-like symptoms? Yeah, Probably (laughs) bubonic-like
0: symptoms, yeah. They may have been (laughs) saying that in the fifteen hundred. like, oh, dang, you have bubonic-like symptoms. But then and it was the flu which was also extremely deadly and still is pretty dangerous so
1: that's still so scary if someone was like oh you have stage 5 cancer like symptoms but really have got like bronchitis yeah oh gosh <laughs> that is a scary thing to say god <laughs>
0: So in the U.S. alone, though, as far as the flu is concerned, which is still extremely prevalent, so has been for a very long time, uh, the U.S. sees more than 3 million cases a year. So worldwide, you're talking hundreds of millions of people are affected by the flu and hundreds of thousands of deaths each year worldwide, you know, present day. Now, some Flu seasons are much worse than others and the flu has still a very profound effect on us today while the bubonic plague is pretty curable if medical attention is given in a timely manner before the symptoms have gone too far. Like you don't want to wait until your buboes go black and stuff like that before you decide maybe I need to go to the hospital. So it still can be dangerous, but we know so much more about it that it shouldn't be deadly but the flu is constantly evolving there are many strains so the flu is very difficult to build up immunity to you can be immune to one strain but then there's like 15 others that you're not immune to you know so it's pretty scary plus a lot of the flu like the initial strains start in animals and then they evolve into like human strains, so that's even scarier. But the plague, which was extremely devastating, has pretty much maintained three strains for centuries. The bubonic plague is just one of the three strains that it has. But they all affect the lymph nodes. So now we didn't understand how the spread of disease was going on until really like the 1800s. But even getting into the 1900s, we really didn't know. And we know one of the worst flu pandemics, the Spanish flu, happened during World War I in 1918 so like even then we didn't really understand what the heck was going on there so like this is pretty recent that we even understand how diseases spread so for 500 years people were like what the hell like I really hope I don't get that disease but not knowing like how to prevent it they even thought that you could get infected by an infected person looking at you and the sickness would travel from their eyes into your eyes and that's how the healthy could get infected so like you're talking like serious mass hysteria just because there's so much misinformation um, yeah
1: the she looked at me the witch she infected me yeah exactly
0: uh but like covid like we saw that like we didn't really like know everything about it and how it spread right off the bat now We can deduce like certain ways that it spread because of our knowledge with a lot of other illnesses, but even that, that's pretty complicated. So
1: I'll never forget the the one hour long, uh, you'll get fined $1,000 for even being outside in Houston. That lasted one like hour? A, it lasted like an hour or two. Like they, they made it a rule and the governor shut it down was like, that's kind of BS. Oh, okay. you, can, you can be outside.
0: Yeah. And like how many other problems came out of COVID because of the restrictions and all that that was put on people like it's a hot mess i like it, it's even hard for me to judge what was right and what was wrong because who knows Oh, for sure who knows what would have happened if we didn't quarantine i don't know um no so the plague, we're not
1: talking about covid today
0: yeah i'm gonna put covid i'm i'm not even gonna say i'm gonna put a pin in it because i'd like to not talk about it ever again so the put it in the trash can let, let's go back in history to the plague really it travels through the air but also was traveling through rats and the infected fleas which would hop from an infected rat onto a person. And of course, like I said, rats were everywhere. Also, lesser known carriers of the plague, well, able to be infected, I should say, were cats. So cats are known carriers of the plague even today. But what's funny, and this is kind of a side note, that at one point they thought that cats were the like the main or the sole carriers. And because of that, they thought let's start killing the cats. So Literally, they were killing cats on site. And of course, we know today the main problem was rats. So all you really did by killing everybody's little house pet and street cats and stuff like that was grew the rat population. So Mm -hmm. since there were fewer cats on the street and rats are the real carriers, you just created an even worse problem. So I was a non-cat person before I say, you non-cat people. Okay, because I was a non-cat person. It, wasn't, it was it was my sweet Gary that made me more of a cat person, but I'm not like a, I love cats. I really just loved Gary. They are natural born hunters and they are vermin exterminators. So while cats may be sassy and wanderers, they're worth keeping around. I'll tell you that. And even Gary would bring rats to our fricking door. And I'm like, that's disgusting. You don't need to show me, but... <laughs> (laughs) good job I mean like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing but also like I don't need to know that you were even doing it I'm okay just thinking you're out there like spreading joy and goodness and not hunting rats and other things but um that's
1: I get it I'm I'm not a cat lover myself but you know Montrose is known for their feral cats and people wanting to kill them or get rid of them and I'm like they're not bothering anyone unless they're like getting into your house I mean I'm really allergic to them they're no bother to me I just have to hold on real tight to my dog when walking
0: right exactly yeah and cats can breed like crazy so i get that like a huge population of cats can be annoying but if there's enough food sources around for them then maybe that's not the worst thing so next time you get angry at your neighbor's cat maybe there's a food source at your house that you don't know about and that's actually what they're taking out
1: also actually just put that in your head you have a bunch of rats or you did (laughs) and that cat is saving you from the rats exactly
0: because that's it rats carry diseases they they do like so let the cats do their job but also let snakes do that too unless you have a serious not just a one passerby venomous snake but like a venomous snake issue let snakes be too because Snakes really only are around if there's a food source or they're just passing by. Like they're not hanging out there just to hang out there. You know, God put them there to take care of the vermin. So let the snakes do that too. Okay. So I'm going to let that be. So the Black Death went from the port of Sicily to ports in France, North Africa, and two major ports that connected to many trade routes uh, Florence and Rome. So within a year, the Black Death was in London and Paris and just mass wiping out populations of people. If you lived in In the city, you were highly at risk. And that's always the case with any disease. If you're in close proximity to a bunch of people, it's always more dangerous to be in the city. I mean, watch The Walking Dead. True story.
1: True story. (laughs) Uh,
0: That did freak me out. When I first watched Walking Dead, I'm like, I'm never moving to the city. That's crazy. First zombie outbreak, like we're all Connors.
1: That was the best first episode ever of him on a horse riding through downtown Georgia. And all the traffic that tried to leave. And they were all the abandoned cars. It's a freaking
0: spooky scene. I mean just like lifeless at first.
1: And just like I I hate that. Um, Dude I know. But that's why they even came out with it in black and white. Because it was so good. They just. Had to reformat it to make it even creepier in black and white.
0: Yeah. So the di- the disease didn't just affect people, rats, fleas, and cats. It also affected livestock. So cows, sheep, goats, pigs, and chickens. Um. So you had food shortages, wool shortages. So like we're it literally would look like to people the end of the world, which is why it actually did lead to the dark ages because people were losing their faith and everything because this looked like the world was coming to an end. So it's an all around time so again just kind of setting the scene here. So the cures, quote unquote cures, were also very barbaric. It wasn't completely wrong or like a bad thing that, that people were popping the bubose. Some people claimed that that led to the cure of the disease. Now, it's kind of like a blister. No one's recommending that you like should go pop your blister. Maybe you need to in some circumstances. Sorry, I know this is really gross. But doctors would cut open the bubose, which would sometimes be okay. Lance it, blood let it, whatever. Unfortunately, unfortunately they had no clue about sterilization back then like that was foreign people would wash their hands in the same bowls they would clean clean quote-unquote you know like bloody knives or whatever all in one dish and sometimes they wouldn't even clean it all they just take one you know bloody utensil and take it to the next person so and this was this was hundreds of years i mean for well For thousands of years, we did that. But for hundreds of years of these diseases spreading like they were, that was a very serious issue. Because doctors were going house to house, probably cutting open buboes and just not
1: sanitizing anything. So... Sure, they're cutting them open and they're probably like shaking the hands of the wife of the man who has. That's disgusting. Yeah, exactly.
0: So a super helpful doctor would happily cut open your giant swell and then it'd get infected with something that that might actually be what would kill a patient, not necessarily the plague. So again, felt like every man for himself. So what was a more successful method and has been around for years and years and years is isolation or Quarantine. By removing the sick, the healthy could remain healthy. This is where we get Pavalia Island and what its main purpose was. So let's take the sick and keep them all together on one island and save the rest. It would serve that purpose as an island for the unwanted sick people, physical or mental, for hundreds of years. That's so sad. So now let's talk about Pavalia Island. Pavalia Island is Uh, in the Venice Lagoon. So you can see it from the mainland in Venice. Its first mentions are back as far as the 5th century as a safe haven during wartime, Uh, but people actually may have been inhabiting the island as early as 2000 BCE. But like I said, it's 17 acres, so it wasn't really like heavily populated. It was probably most heavily populated as a quarantine zone than anything else. Um, Not that many people would have lived there. In the late 1300s, it became a military outpost. In the The government tried getting monks to inhabit the island, but for whatever reason or another, nobody really wanted to live there. So the government found huh i wonder why at this point we i don't think it had that dark of a history like not a whole lot was happening because again you're talking about a very small island maybe it was just the inconvenience of living you know on a smaller island that isn't
1: going to have the conveniences that
0: like a city would have you know either way in venice like
1: sorry i was gonna say monks don't need that kind of convenience and they live off like only things that trees can make like bark and pine for like a year or so i don't understand that would be fine for monks but maybe it just Wasn't spiritual enough land for them to call it their home.
0: Or I don't know, fruitful enough. Who knows? Maybe it wasn't like growing that much. Because in any of this stuff, I never read about it being like farmland, fruit trees, you know, anything like that useful. So the government found a different purpose for the land. It became a quote colony and dumping ground for victims of the bubonic plague in seventeen. I'm sorry, fifteen seventy six to sixteen thirty. According to history's mysteries, that's where that comes from. So this was really the second round of the plague. After that initial one in 1347 and it kind of died off, it resurrected again. Like that's what the plague does. It kind of goes away for a while and then it comes back to people who aren't immune to it again. So this was the second round of the plague. First one was, one was in the 14th century And from what I found, they didn't use the island for quarantine until really that second round. So I don't think it was used at all in the mid-1300s. So now I got you. Now the plague came to Venice within a year of it hitting Sicily. Um, It's estimated that half of the Venetian population died from the plague. So they were one of the cities that got hit pretty hard. Like many people during this time, they didn't know exactly how to stop it or what was causing it. But they did know that it was incredibly contagious. They knew that if you could separate the sick from the healthy, the healthy could have a chance. Or I should say the infected by the not yet infected because the plague did not discriminate uh, anyone of any any social status or state of health could potentially be brought down by the plague. So first, they set up areas to have... This is in Venice, so this isn't Pavalia Island. So they first set up areas to have mass burials for corpses to try and keep the dead away from the living, because... You can still catch, you know, something from a dead body and that can cause a whole lot. And you have animals and stuff that are sniffing around dead bodies. It's just all bad. So kind of like when we talked about the catacombs of Paris, there was a burial issue. There were too many people dying and nowhere to put the dead bodies. So the disease was spreading so rapidly. um, That was just a temporary solution. These pits to bury the dead were growing so rapidly and literally they were running out of space. And so it was very overwhelming. So the next idea was to move the dead into the uninhabited islands so this is what the island initially became used for there were two islands used one of them pavalia the other island Lazzaretto vecino uh, which was excavated also it doesn't have nearly the same amount of deaths they did excavate over 1500 skeletal remains on that island I think it's actually a smaller island that came out of the bubonic pits and thousands were still buried there. So there are a lot of people buried on these various Venetian islands. The Venetians came up with the concept of lazaretto, which is the idea of basically an institution meant to quarantine the sick or anyone who seemed like they could be possibly maybe sick. So around 1570s, Pavalia was one of the islands used as a quarantine space for the sick but also as a dumping ground. And actually I did read that the word quarantine started with Pavalia Island, like this is where the word quarantine comes from. They would keep Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so if anybody was showing signs of symptoms of the plague, they would take you to Pavalia Island, which was not a good sign, and you would have to be there for quarantana, which is 40 days in Italian. So Quarantine is where we get that from. Quarantine literally basically means to isolate for 40 days. So they'd be taken often by the plague doctors. So they would wear the masks you probably remember um, with a really long beak and at the end of the beak it would be filled with herbs so the herbs were to help keep the doctors from getting ill but also I imagine to as far as the herbs go keep the stench of death out of their nostrils because that place can't smell good
1: yeah that makes sense those masks are to me they are so freaky but they're so dang cool they really are they, uh, they're fascinating looking, but like that thing comes to my door.
0: I think I'm dying. Like that's death. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think I would just stroke and be dead. Exactly. Like, and no, I'd be like, we were going to tell you you're healthy, but Lame. take her on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, Lainey, get the pillow. That guy is not taking me. I'm not, go- yes. not going down like that. So they'd even keep patients at one end of the boat, and then they'd burn herbs in a bowl or a bucket between them and the doctor. And you're not talking ships because it's, like, literally, you can see this island from Venice, so you're going in, like, small boats. And so they're keeping this bucket with your the large-beaked doctor. So all of it has to just look very sinister. You can't, you can't be getting good vibes. So while part of the doctor's no. mask was to keep them from getting sick, it was also to hide their faces, because plague doctors were also just doctors. Like, they weren't just there for the plague. Um, they wanted to keep their identity a secret so that they could keep treating their other patients that hadn't fallen victim to the plague. So these forever creepy masks etched into our memories held a dual purpose.
1: That makes sense. So I would want to hide my identity too. Right. And and doc, I mean, keep, I keep say doc- my name okay.
0: Yeah, doctors have to treat, I mean, today they have to treat all kinds of patients with various ailments and then they go on to another patient so like they need to take those precautions as far as like trying to keep the illness away from them but like we know. it I don't think they were trying to pull a fast one on anybody you know by hiding their faces. It's just what doctors said.
1: What? I just got the funniest image. What if your doctor came to your door because you were giving birth and he had that mask on? And <laughs> he was
0: like oh dang I'm sorry this is from a last patient? Ignore me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going oh, midwife, man. bro. I don't need you. <laughs> oh, that's a funny image. So if you had any symptoms resembling the plague, you could be taken out of your home, absolutely kicking and screaming, and then taken to Pavalia. Going to Bavalia was pretty much a death sentence because maybe your allergies were just affecting you that day and your neighbor could be like, uh, Lainey had the sniffles, so I need you to take her and you'd just be taken off to the island where maybe you weren't even sick. Maybe you had very subtle symptoms, who knows, but now you are being housed with the dying, some sick and the rest who are about to be sick. Very few ever quote unquote recovered and were ever sent back. To Venice. So it pretty much was certain death when you went there.
1: I imagine there's not a lot of people going there to check on the patients either. It's like once you're there, you're never going to see anyone that could take you back home
0: right exactly and, and like how scary is that too like I, I don't know why I just imagine it's always like some snooty neighbor like reporting this person is being sick and your family's like no what the heck he's just like has a runny nose he's got bad allergies his whole life and then like they're gone and that's it yeah like, that's they're so probably, sad there's a good chance they're getting sick but also it's not great if you're being housed there for 40 days because like there has to be a good chance you're gonna get sick and you're for- on an island for sick people so it's not like you're surrounded by a bunch of healthy people too so if you became so ill that you couldn't like carry on a conversation or walk around you would likely just get dumped in a dead body pile like you just get thrown in with the dead or maybe even just thrown in for cremation. Like, that's how serious this was. If you seemed like you were dying, you were pretty much written off if you were already on Pavalia Island. Can you imagine that being your way to go? Is like, you're just really, like, maybe you are really sick. Maybe you are dying, but you have a few days left, but then you just get thrown in with dead bodies. Like, the rest of my moments on this earth are filled with terror and fear.
1: Yeah, and approaching a crematorium where all you see is smoke and fire. Yeah. That's horrible.
0: And I didn't see, like, numbers on as far as the crematorium really goes or really how many people were just thrown into the dead pile. But it easily could have been people were thrown into crematoriums, too, that weren't quite dead yet. But I, I don't know how many because, uh, according to them, they were dying, so they were as good as dead. So they're not marking down, like, you know, Jane Doe, still alive, but put her in the pile anyway. So yeah. this lasted on Poveglia Island until about the 1630s, so approximately... 60 years for this round of the plague. So 140 years later in 1777, they decided to use the island as a checkpoint in Venice. So in the 1790s, two ships failed the inspection. So they decided that Pavalia again would open up as a quarantine zone or a quarantine colony. And this lasted um, until about the early 1800s. So not terribly long. And then it became abandoned again. Come 1920s, the government decided that the island... With its dark history and all would be a great place to house those suffering from mental illness. Which nineteen twenties, you're talking about a variety of things that could constitute as mental
1: illness. Yeah, you're freaking period. You're mentally ill. Yeah. Did you know that's actually where the word
0: hysteria comes from? Hysteria, like hyster, not hysterectomy, whatever word that comes from. Um, Yeah. And so, like, hysterical women. And yeah, that's essentially like women that are having really rough periods, okay? Like, God. They didn't have MIDAL back then, okay? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Even women against the grain, women that went against, uh, you know, societal expectations homosexuality people that did actually struggle with mental illness of course would go there and that could be big or small from anxiety to depression to like real severe illnesses so you had them all over the map this is another very dark history on the island so between 1922 to either 1968 or 1969 the island housed those that were considered quote insane to society So the head doctor, Paolo, was evil by all accounts. He took his little island and did whatever he wanted. He did a lot of experiments on patients from lobotomies. And we're talking about lobotomies of all kinds because even lobotomies like kind of evolved a little bit over time. So he did all sorts of different kinds of lobotomies. And of course, without anesthesia, without cleaning up tools or anything like that. And he would do it to anyone who, like any kind of his patients, anybody suffering with any kind of what they consider a mental illness right so a hysterical woman on that heavy period like let's go in and you know take an ice pick to her freaking eye
1: i hope paolo's dick fell
0: off um paolo does have an interesting uh end of his story um oh good so many died from his lobotomies which he didn't care i i literally think he just he was pure evil by by all sounds of Throw it threw him in a dead body pile like the plague of people right exactly and now you're not even talking about the plague like these are A lot of these aren't like life-threatening things, Uh, but I mean, it becomes, again, like life-threatening by being sent there because you're subjected to this crazy guy. So the doctor would even remove limbs if he saw fit. He would perform chemical experiments on patients. It was very barbaric. And the 1920s to 1960s is not really considered a barbaric time, but this guy was.
1: No, that's so close by, it feels like.
0: Right. I mean, you're talking. Even when this started was a hundred years ago, but it closed much less than a hundred years ago. So, like, it's not that long ago. And this was a time in history where we're definitely learning a lot in the sort of medical field. Yes, he knew better than what he was doing. He was just demented. And so, and he also wasn't doing it for science. I mean, he was just a sicko. So patients in the hospital claimed that the island was haunted. They would hear wailing at night or screaming at night, which was maybe a ghost, but also maybe Dr. Paolo being a psycho, maybe he didn't sleep at night and worked through the night and just did some really crazy things. But they did claim that the the patients themselves claimed to see a lot of different things on the island. They would also say there were basically constant sounds, different kinds of sounds, disembodied voices, moaning, screams wailing patients even said they saw shadows when nobody was around and today people still say they see shadows and mists so this story goes that dr Paolo went up to the bell tower one day which the tower is still there today but the bell was actually taken out to get to this tower you had to go up a ladder So he climbed the ladder followed by a nurse. I don't know what she thought his intentions were, but this story actually comes from the nurse's account. So... Sounds like some hanky-panky. Well, he either leapt or was pushed to his death by something she couldn't see. But either way, he went out that bell tower. And according to her story, when he jumped or was pushed by something... He didn't die. I think the bell tower is about five stories high, so it's high, but it's not necessarily going to instantly kill you, um, seriously injure you, yes. But she said that she looked down and said he was still alive when he hit the ground and that this strange mist came out of the ground and strangled him to death. And supposedly- Ooh,
1: that's awesome. <laughs> So his
0: dick didn't fall off, but he was supposedly strangled by the hands of his victims seeking revenge. So around, like this point, around this point, the hospital ended up getting shut down for good. And then the island has basically been abandoned since then. It has gone up for auction. It was purchased, but they're not doing anything with it. So whether you're a skeptic like me, but like also I would not be going to this island and like messing around and talking to ghosts, or you're an all-in believer, this place is definitely spooky. So fishermen will not go around this area to fish. Locals will not visit and they honestly think people are really stupid that do try to go visit because of course the people that go and visit are always tourists and a lot of them American. But Venetians truly believe this place is haunted and why wouldn't they? Over 160,000 deaths and as much as 50% of the soil is straight up human ash from all the cremation. And actually part of the island is divided by a lagoon so there's a bridge that goes to like it's almost like two islands. So there's a bridge that connects part of the island. And they say that connected part was created from dead bodies and ash. I don't know if that's oh, wow. true, but 160,000 deaths on 17 acres is a lot of bodies and a lot of ash. So
1: that is. So there really
0: could be as much as 50% human ash. But there's also, you know, skeletal remains and all that stuff. So the only people that seem to try to visit, like I said, are tourists and non locals, ghost hunters and paranormal investigators. Um, I was trying to watch some YouTube videos to like actually see the island because it is forbidden. Oh. So okay.
1: from the internet?
0: Wait, it's forbidden from the internet? No, it's forbidden by the government.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. Well, I Im- I imagine um, you know, Americans and like tourists would be more likely because, like you said, half of uh, the Venetians died, and I would imagine that's there's some kind of bad juju. Like that's your ancestor, so I doubt they want to go. To see a bad place yeah where half their family died
0: yeah so well their ancestors anyway not anybody they yeah. knew well maybe at the hospital that could be somebody <laughs> they knew because again there's no one new here long ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but it is illegal to go of course any of and again seemed like it was mostly american uh people that went there were having to pay somebody to illegally take them you're always going to have people who will take some extra money and take you there but the police are usually posted somewhere like not posted on the island but they're all boats everything in venice is boats so no one's driving around anywhere but
1: they're usually driving. you don't want to go to jail in another country people you just don't yeah
0: Yeah, exactly. But the government has deemed the area too dangerous for people to visit, maybe because of the ghosts, but the building that's there that was the asylum uh, is also extremely dangerous. Part of the ground has fallen in. And of course, due to the story surrounding the place, nobody wants to come help anybody on the island. So it's kind of like if you go there, you're totally doing it at your own risk. A lot of the taxis and personal boats, nobody will go near it. Like taxis don't want to go take people near the island. But like I said, there's some shady people that are like, hey, you pay me a few hundred bucks, I'll go take you to the island. Now, they're going to come back for you, again, at your own risk. So, like, that, it just seems way too risky for me.
1: Venetian, Yeah, it also seems like a great place for other murderers to pretend they're going to take you, take your money, and then just kill you and leave you there, and no one will find you.
0: Yeah. There was one YouTuber that I saw, I can't remember his name at the top of my head, but one YouTuber that went there, the guy said, I'll take you there for one hour, but like he didn't stay. Like you two can go on there for an hour and I'll be back. And then once they got there, they were like, that could be a setup and like, this could be really suspicious. Anybody can lure us to this island and then there's no help when we get here. Now there were some weird things that happened, but what was kind of weird is they saw smoke and they felt like they, they ended up not going to the smoke, but they felt like they they were being lured in because like oh there's smoke on the island and there's no one supposed to be here like let me go put out this fire so we don't get in trouble because we're clearly like we are supposed to be the only ones here and they ended up not doing it but they kept kind of dwelling on the fact that we could have just been lured here and somebody's just like gonna trap us and do something and anything could happen which is why yeah. it's just not a good idea so venetians on the mainland say that on quiet nights that you can hear the bell in the bell tower even though the bell was removed Long ago. Spooky. Um, Ghost Adventures from the Travel Channel did visit the island. They spent an entire night there and. definitely claim it to be very haunted. I actually watched the episode last night. I had to buy it on Amazon Prime. There was (laughs) definitely some spooky footage. Of course, I watch everything from the eye of a skeptic, but they're assuming it's real. I'll give them a benefit of the doubt. Assuming it's real, there were a lot of creepy things that happened. They, of course, were doing things where they're holding the cameras, and they have their electromagnetic reader and all those things, and the temperature, the temperature readers, the thermometers, whatever. There were big drops in temperature from time to time, which, like, they would stand in one place and it would go from 80 degrees to like 70 degrees within just a couple of minutes so that's weird the electromagnetic readers where there is no electricity on the island like the electromagnetic readers were kind of going haywire which that's very hard to explain if there is no electricity yeah I mean maybe somebody in our comments is going to be like you're a moron these are the 12 things I can set up you know set off an electromagnetic reader I don't know but then they did leave the cameras in some spaces and walked off in one it was really creepy there was actually a black mist that was caught like kind of swooshing through slowly on the camera And there was other footage where something, it's not, you don't see like a figure of a person or anything, but it looks like something just like ran through a field. Like you saw the movement of like, like a body or something swooshing through a field. There were lots of foots. And one of the, like where it was in the field, they actually call that the plague fields, um, because that's where a lot of the bodies were taken. And it's on that island that I told you about that supposedly was created from human bodies and ash, but there's a bridge. And so they left the camera on this bridge and you can hear footsteps like going pretty pretty hard on the bridge when there's nobody there
1: The way you your voice cracked up a little bit pretty hard <laughs> but, uh, the smoke reminds me of like the smoke monster from lost It kind of looked like that, just a more subtle version. Yeah, not so train horn sounding. But also when you said, uh, it's been bothering me in my head, because when you said Paolo was carried away by mist, people, mist, whatever, I was like, what am I thinking of? I'm thinking of in Ghost, when the bad guy gets carried away and like floats off with the, the ghosts. Do you remember that? Yeah.
0: Does that happen in The Haunting, too? I feel like that happens in The Haunting,
1: um, uh, I don't know. I feel like I kind of rewatched that one because you should rewatch the it. newer one.
0: Interesting. I actually the haunting of the haunting on Hill House because you know what that's what that's based on, but it's a book. Haunting on Hill House, haunting of Hill House, or the Hill House. Ha- the book is called something that's- slightly different.
1: It's The Haunting of Hill House. And that's the one I rewatched recently. I thought you were talking about The Haunting with Liam Neeson and Owen Wilson. Yeah, and that's all
0: based on the same book.
1: Oh, interesting. Very different stories told in both film and shows but that makes sense they're based on the same book the so the book was the book was good it's i mean it was it's a very like highly acclaimed
0: spooky novel so of course i was like every october i like to do a spooky novel so that was that was 2022's novel so they also got some moaning some disembodied voices a lot of it was of course speaking in italian but i'll tell you what the guys on ghost hunters they're like pardon my language but they're very much fuck around and find out guys i mean Zach, the main guy in the show, he was wearing a plague doctor mask screaming in the plague fields. And I'm like, yo, (laughs) like why? I would never do like, again, coming from a skeptic, I don't go mess around and find out. I don't go screaming at people to like come take my energy and talk to me. And no, No.
1: Yeah, step inside and use my body as your own. Yeah, not happening.
0: But he was... Fuck
1: no. There there were
0: definitely some creepy things, so it's an interesting episode.
1: That's just disrespectful, too, to the dead. I don't like that.
0: Yeah, I know. I did feel weird about it. Like, a lot of it, he was... Yes, well, basically any spirit because they're looking for any activity, so. So there are a mix of spirits on the island, so probably some friendlier ghosts, but definitely some angry spirits, possibly from the doctors on the asylum. There was more than Dr. Paolo. I think he's just the main one. Lots of disembodied voices, shadows, myths, so definitely worth y'all learning more about this piece of haunted real estate. So today, the former asylum is covered in scaffolding from an attack attempted remodel, but it is a condemned property. Um, And like I said, the floors are falling through. Utilities are difficult to bring to the property. There are no utilities currently. It's a mess. And there are dead birds and rabbits kind of all over the place around the property, which also just makes it seem very spooky that there's a lot of dead animals around it. Nature has also taken over, very much taken over. And what I feel like is not that, I mean, it's a pretty short amount of time, but nature doesn't take very long to take over.
1: No. So there's
0: vegetation every everywhere also supposedly some of the largest rats inhabit the island too so that may be enough to scare off a lot of people also maybe some of the sounds of the footsteps are just big ass rats running around
1: yeah so rats you can ride on bareback (laughs)
0: Exactly. So some interesting facts. Um, According to the World Health Organization, there are still 1,000 to 3,000 bubonic or black death cases per year. Antibiotics can be effective. You hear about it more often in like mountain sort of rural regions. Obviously seek treatment if you are infected or think you're infected, but... Either way, hope that you found this interesting. I totally went down a black death and influenza rabbit hole. And I'd honestly like to find a way to try and incorporate doing something with influenza and its impact on humanity. I don't know how we can incorporate that into haunted real estate but it definitely changed a lot of things and so I think I can find a way to incorporate it
1: oh for sure
0: did you ever watch the tv show I loved it so much it was called how the states got their shapes
1: oh that sounds so familiar I loved the show. But it
0: basically talked about like weird things that happen and how why the sh- why the states in the United States are shaped the way that they are because of some historical thing or you know whatever happened. So it was it's a really yeah. interesting show. But that's kind of what I think of when I think of like how did influenza like possibly create. Something that it did that had to do with real estate. So I'm going to figure it out so I can incorporate it because I love learning about diseases. I know it's kind of weird. Like, I don't love diseases, obviously. They're horrible. But I like learning about them and definitely how they affected people, affected history, affected us today, their aftermath. So I'm going to find a way to incorporate it.
1: It all revolves around history, and that is just your thing, baby. Yep. That was a absolutely disgusting episode, but very interesting. I did not know that island existed. Again, I appreciate the details of what goes on with the bubonic plague and the human body. So it was fascinating, and I'm so glad I ate some shitty pizza right before this episode, because it feel like coming up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So arbitrary anecdotes for Italy. So first one is on a beach near Venice. It is illegal to build sandcastles. Why? That was unclear how that law came to be, but
1: it can land you a 25
0: to 250 euro fine. Oh
1: my gosh. Do you think somebody had a sandcastle contest and it like got way out of control? Somebody like murdered the other person? Or like some high official like tripped on a sandcastle and they were like, we're banning sandcastles. Sand castle no broke more broke my leg. No more sandcastles for you, children. Oh man, maybe somebody buried a body and then built a sandcastle over it. <laughs> That's
0: it's a weird thought. Funny, but so if you're thinking of building sandcastles in the sand, don't. You know what that song's from, right? No. <laughs> oh, that, that was like your improv. No, that was from um, How I Met Your Mother. That was one of Robin's famous songs when she was a Canadian singer.
1: Oh.
0: Sandcastles in
1: the sand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have seen that episode, like, probably three times, but... Did not ring the bell.
0: I, that one is etched in my memory along with let's go to the mall yes. today. <laughs>
1: I've heard that one. I remember.
0: Although also the one from her boyfriend that she put for the puppy song was murder all aboard the murder train. Do you, also, you remember I her whole, whole album? album? I do. <laughs> yes. All th- no, but that was her boyfriend's song. That's funny, because I only, like, I think I did watch the show, like, two times through at, you know, different times, so, like, far apart. Mm -hmm. But those songs are forever in my memory, and I do definitely sing them out loud to Casey, like, when the time comes. That's cute. So, second, if you're thinking, hey, instead of calling an ambulance to come get your Aunt Edna, who just died, and, you know, thinking of driving her across country, you know, Vacation? The movie Vacation? Yeah, but... They drove Aunt Edna, who was dead?
1: Yes, I... Okay, I'm just like, why are we not calling the ambulance?
0: So, instead, you know, right, you're not going to call the ambulance. You're going to drive her cross-country instead, because that seems like a good idea. Well, you better make sure Aunt Edna has health insurance, because it's apparently required. Even the dead need to maintain health insurance. I don't think that that has to go through burial or cremation but I'm not really sure. Oh my um, god, But it,
1: you imagine? I'm sorry, her health insurance doesn't cover this.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't burn your aunt today. It was very clear that if you're driving with a corpse, they have to have health insurance.
1: But I, just, I feel like you like have to have another thing. Like so, You have to have something to be able to drive with a corpse, but health insurance sounds weird. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I'm driving her to the The morgue, but like, what are you driving around with a corpse for to begin with? Yeah. If somebody died in the car on the way to the hospital, that's one thing, but what an interesting law. And that is how did that come to be? For real. So third, in Mark's Square, the famous square in most any movie you ever see that takes place in Venice, it's illegal to feed the pigeons, which- I've is heard that before. Probably for good, because every time I've seen that square, there's like 10,000 pigeons. So like, why do we need to, probably don't need to feed them and just be attracted yeah, they, more.
1: they're probably- They carry diseases and stuff. They're coming down on people and tourists. Yeah, pigeons are freaking gross. Yeah,
0: not a fan of pigeons. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think they make cool like sounds, but other than that, I don't. They're just poopy and gross. Yeah, but I didn't end up putting it in here technically because I was uncertain if the law was still standing. But there's also a, a ban on sitting in Mark Square. But I didn't know if that was still as of 2018. They were trying to. Extend that band and raise the fine for sitting in Mark Square, which was like $502 in American
1: what about currency. like old people that just need to
0: take a break? You or- better keep walking. That's a $502 sit. Dang. Better be worth it.
1: Better have health insurance and know how to walk without taking a break for a right. long
0: time. <laughs> And lastly, and probably doesn't come as a huge surprise, it is illegal to swim, dive or immerse in the canals of Venice or the streams of any of the inhabited areas, which honestly, that should be fine because Venice has been there for a long time, but it's been a hop in place for hundreds of years so it's hella polluted <laughs>
1: like yeah like cool. i wouldn't
0: want to swim there
1: yeah they have all the little boats going down you know get hurt yeah plus i saw sharks in venice so what
0: yeah that was a sifi a sifi C- sci-fi a sci-fi i was yeah. like
1: what it
0: was, it's was it S-Y-F-Y? first i was like when did you go Siphy? to venice <laughs>
1: and second
0: what's a sifi it's a little sifi yeah the sifi had a sharks in venice and um so you probably don't want to swim those canals no yeah you'll die okay so that's it for today's Arbitrary Anecdotes. Thank you Ashley that was wonderful. Well yeah I hope you guys found it interesting so if you would like us to cover a property send us a private message on our Instagram which is haunted.real.estate you can also email us at hauntedrepod at gmail.com. We'd love to know what, what you'd like to hear what your recommendations are. We also like interesting real estate stories of any kind. It doesn't have to be spooky so send those to us too. If you're feeling generous and want to send us some love we do have a venmo account and it is at haunted re so and it it has our little like you know little logo face whatever that you should recognize from instagram so that's that come back next week where we will be talking some spooky roads so roads baby roads (laughs) roads So that'll be next week. Uh, Lainey will have one and I will have one and it'll be a spooky adventure and spooky season is here, you guys. So yeah,
1: think of your Halloween costumes. Let us know what you're planning on being this year. I would love to hear what you're doing and also maybe give myself some ideas. Oh yeah, because we're having a Halloween
0: party this year. So Lainey needs some ideas. So also send those too. we just like want to hear from you. So like say something. Um... Just talk to me. Okay, (laughs) so thank you guys, and we will see you next week. We're out. Bye-bye.